Man, it's so amazing to hear teenagers and see you guys taking time out of your summer to come to church and to hear and to see you guys, you know, worshiping through singing. And it seriously is awesome and so rare in this day and age that we are all living in. And I just want to say, I don't know what I want to say. It's just, it's just phenomenal. And I, I guess thank you for being here and thank you for being a part of this ministry um, and, and taking time. Summer is busy. It's crazy. We're like, oh, it's summer. We're not going to do anything. No, that's not true. We fill our schedules with life and the water park and the mall and trips and vacations and all these things. And then school starts in three weeks. Like, what happened to summer? And so I seriously am blown away by it. You could be anywhere else in the world right now and you chose or maybe you were told or maybe you were brought or maybe you were drugged to come here. Like drug and you're like, okay. Um, but I seriously, uh, it's, it's awesome. Tonight is the last part of our series that we're in called Friends and Family. And uh, man, the first two weeks were seriously amazing. I've heard some great stuff from you guys uh, and, and some decisions, some hard decisions you guys have made with your friends. And um, I'm proud of you because the deal is, is that you show me your friends, I'm gonna show you your future. You cannot forget that. Show me your friends, show me or anybody, <laughs> your friends, and I'm gonna tell you what your future is gonna look like. And so tonight I really battled on what do I talk about? What do I talk about when we're talking about the family. And I struggled. I wrote three different messages, three different messages. And I seriously, today, Brett Heisted came up who is leading worship up here and he was hanging out with me. He's like, what do you got for now? I'm like, nothing. I have nothing. I cannot land on anything. And that's kind of rare for me. I'm, I'm very structured. I really try to, to get stuff done ahead of, a time, ahead of time. I had one of my, my good friends, Todd, he texted me and said, what, how can I pray for you? I'm like, just pray for my message because I don't know what it is. And then um, I was eating lunch with a few of our, our friends here from China and it came to me in the middle of my rice and uh, Meat. I'm not sure what that was, Taylor, but it was really good. And the roll and the banana pudding pushed it over the edge. And here's the deal. I think sometimes we can look at our families, both good and the bad side of our families at times, and we can think, man, I do or I don't want to end up like that. And here's the deal. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Show me your family. That doesn't have to be your future, both good and bad. Because your family truly, a lot of people would say, well, show me your family. I'm going to show you your future. You show me a dysfunctional family. I'm going to show you your future. And the truth is, you're looking at somebody who uh, my family growing up was majorly dysfunctional. A lot of you know my story. My parents were married five times apiece. I had to go on the streets and find a place to live. I was abused all sorts of different ways and times growing up in my life. And a lot of people would say, there's no way that that was your life. There's no way you went through that. And two nights ago, I'm sitting there with my wife and we're talking and I just said, babe, it is crazy what God has done in my life. It makes no sense. And I'm not here to brag on myself, but the truth is, I think I need to let you guys know how in the world that this has happened. How in the world did I go from somebody who was getting the junk beat out of me every time I went home 
somebody who has been abused in all different ways, somebody who never went to church growing up. I didn't have a place like this. I didn't have parents who seriously cared about God, and, and it, it doesn't make sense. And so I want to let you know honestly what I think and how that happened. You have to say, God, God did it. We could all leave and go eat ice cream and call it a night. There's a lot more than just that answer. And so tonight, I don't know if some of you, like, you're like, dude, I'm, 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 in, I'm in fifth grade right now, or I just got done with fifth grade. I don't know anything about a family. I know Fortnite, candy, that's it. Some of you, some of you juniors are in the room, you're like, like, dude, I'm just trying to get my reading done for the summer that I've put off all, all summer long. Someone just like, oh, oh, I forgot about that till right now. You're like, oh, no. And you're like, you're going to tell me about, fa- I am. And I want you to remember this the rest of your life. And the best way to do that is to write it down or have somebody next to you write it down and have them text it to you and send it to you so that in 10 years from now, you look back and you say, oh, yeah, I remember that. And you're calling me when you're about to get married and I'm like 94. And you're like, remember when you, uh-uh, I don't remember. Who are you? So let's, let's talk about that. Proverbs 13, 20 says this, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise. And this is written by a dude named Solomon who truly, some would say was very, very, very wise. Heh, I agree, but he's got a lot of issues too. There's a lot of statements that he says in the Bible, truly, I don't agree with. You can't say that. I do. I don't agree with Solomon sometimes and that's okay. I'm like, dude, I don't know how, but this is a great statement. This is truth. And this is where we've been hanging out on these, these three weeks. And then show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato, I don't know if you know her. She is a great singer who just uh, had a party two nights ago and ended up in the hospital because of an overdose, some would say. No one really knows exactly what went on. But here's what I know for a fact is this. Let me read this to you. Remember, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. This is a, this is people.com. Tuesday, Demi Lovato's friends had a strong suspicion an incident like this would occur. She and her friends, in quotes, in quotes, she and her friends were on a binger the entire night. An insider tells people they keep Narcan on hand for such situations. That's a drug that if you have an overdose, they can give that to you and it reverses the overdose. So they had that on hand knowing her friends had that drug on hand knowing that she was probably going to OD, overdose on drugs. Her friends. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. She almost died. They keep Narcon on hand for such situations. They were prepared for this. The people she has been hanging around lately aren't her real friends. This is two hours ago. This was written two hours ago. The people she's hanging out with aren't really her real friends. They don't have her best interest at heart. She pushed her true friends away. She had to find creative and sneaky ways to get drugs because her team and those that really care about her really try to keep a close watch on her. Students, adults, people watching online, listen to that. That's real life. Some thought she was going to die the other day because she pushed everybody out of her life that truly cared about her. And these people came into her life 
that she was partying with all night long. And these people almost killed her, if you will. Who are you hanging out with? Are they really your friends? Do they really care about you? What about you? Are you a true friend? Your future is not determined by your family. Write that down. Both good and bad. Some of you are here and you have amazing families and we're all jealous of you. But let me tell you something. That doesn't guarantee that you are going to be amazing when you get to have a family. It is up to you. Because if that's true, then everything I've been through, I should not be here right now. I should be in prison with my brother. But I'm not. What I saw growing up, and this is what I encourage you. Some of you have come to me in the past. You're like, what do I do? This is what I see. This is what I feel. Here's what I encourage you with. If you see something and you're in something and you're growing up with something and, and, it's, and you know you don't like it, here's what I encourage you to do. Do the opposite. Do the, how many of you guys, you're already doing that? You see that and you're living that and you're like, I'm, I'm already doing the opposite of what I've seen in my life. Praise the Lord. Keep doing the opposite. That's what I had to do. I didn't want to, I didn't enjoy abuse. I thought I'm never going to do that. Alcohol, just so you know, I hate it with a passion. Hate alcohol. Hate it. Why do I hate it? Because all I saw growing up was people getting drunk and those drunk people would beat me. I hate alcohol. Well, I just have it every now and then. Let me tell you something. That every now and then turns into an every day. And that every day turns into an every hour. And that every hour turns into this. I'm telling you, I hate it. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I hate alcohol. Hate it. I feel very uncomfortable when I'm around it. That's real. People close to me know that. And so I knew I was never going to drink alcohol, ever. By the way, I wasn't, didn't know I was going to be a pastor when I was nine years old. I just saw I didn't want to be like that person. Drugs. I've never done drugs in my life of any kind. Why? Because I saw cocaine come into my house. I saw it being sold in my house. I saw meth being sold. I saw it being done. And I said, I do not want to look like that crackhead. I don't want anything to do with that. By the way, I didn't grow up going to church. It's not like I went to a youth group and there was a pastor telling me these things. I just knew I didn't want to be like that at all. I knew that getting punched in the face when I was 11 wasn't normal. I knew I wouldn't do that when I ever had a kid. I knew that having sex before marriage was not right because my sister got pregnant when she was 16. I knew that wasn't normal. I knew that wasn't right. Again, I didn't grow up going to church. I just knew it wasn't right. Do the opposite. Do the opposite. And the cool thing is, is that I, in this room right here, I'm talking to a bunch of some Christians in the room and you have a father that you can talk to that's gonna pull you out of that stuff. I wish I had that when I was younger going through a lot of this stuff. And marrying Erica, there's a lot that goes up to that that I, I, I will not talk about for a while. And I haven't talked about it in about nine years. But there's a lot that goes into this. But marrying Erica was a massive, huge decision for me. And I knew that this marriage was gonna be different because I wasn't getting married to get married. I was getting married because I wanted to do ministry with somebody. I was getting married to her because she was hot, okay, number one. Okay, that's real. 
And okay, I've said that before and people leave the church. I can't believe you said your wife's hot. She is. It's not my fault you don't agree, but whatever. <laughs> Enjoy that church. The truth is, I mean, she okay, loves Jesus and okay, but. But it was about what God is calling us to do. Here's the deal. Listen to this, students. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is biblical. So I'm about to read it to you. Getting married, whenever you die, we're all going to stand in front of the Lord. And he's going to say, well done. Either I knew you, come on in, or depart from me, I never knew you. He never says, well done on who you married. Awesome marriage. Phenomenal family. You absolutely crushed being a dad. Nope. He doesn't say any of that. But sometimes we take things like getting into relationships a little early in our teenage years a little bit too seriously. And then that's all we focus on are these relationships. God doesn't say, you know what? You are a really good boyfriend. Come on in. You crushed. <laughs> you know what, girl? <laughs> you treated him really good. And he treated you like whatever Jesus would say. Bad stuff. But come on in. You were a good girlfriend. It doesn't happen. But somewhere in our culture, we've made that like a big deal. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in or depart from me. I never knew you. He didn't create us to get married. He created us for him. Understand that. If you're single right now in the room, you're like, I love this. It's the most amazing message ever because it is okay to be single. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of great people in the Bible. I'm not sure too many of them were married. Listen to this verse that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. He's saying, man, it's go time. It is go time. Time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Are you kidding me? Read that again for those who ADD'd out right there. Those that have wives, you need to live like you don't. Dude, you're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Take the ring off, baby. What's up? That's not what he's saying, okay? That's not, that's not what he's saying, guys. And that's what Paul is saying right now. He's like, whoa, what's up? And he keeps going. He says, those who mourn, they need to live as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. This world in its present form is passing away. Meaning this, come with me, focus on what I'm saying right now, everybody. This world in its present time is passing away. Everything that we are doing in this world is going to be done. When you are no longer here on this earth, you don't get to take your cool shoes with you. You don't get to take Fortnite and your record with you. I don't even know what it is. You don't get to take your girl. You don't get to take your sports trophies, your good grades. None of that is going with you. He is saying all that is nothing. You're like, yes, I don't have to study anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Life is still happening. But what Paul is saying right here is we are taking things and we are making the ultimate instead of him. And look how he ends it. I would like you to be free from concern. That is so huge. I want you to be free from concern. If that's all, man, I would love that too. Paul, that'd be really good. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. 
how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. Underline that word, divided. An unmarried woman is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of the world, how she can please her husband. Here's what he's saying. When you're doing ministry and you're serving the Lord, the truth is when I was single, holy smokes, I was rocking and rolling. I was all over the place, everywhere. Why? Because I had nothing else to do. It was amazing. I was just doing ministry all over the place. I was hanging out late at night. I was going to, I haven't been to a movie in three years, like a theater. I haven't been to the new Cinemark. It's not even new, it's, but it's new chairs. I haven't sat in one. I haven't. When I was single, man, I was crushing. It was awesome. And of course, all the single ladies wanted to date me, and I said, no, get off. <laughs> Obviously, why wouldn't they? And then Erica saw her on a bus. It was a, we're here now. But the truth is, here's what he's saying, man. You can do ministry. He's telling everybody, hey, you can do ministry at a high, high, high level when you're not tied down to things. And then look what he says at the very end in verse 35. I'm saying this for your own good. He's not saying marriage is bad, by the way. A lot of people are like, Paul wasn't married. He said it's bad and they never get married and that's their bad. That's their whatever. I'm saying this for you, for your own good, not to restrict you. Underline that. Come back to that another time. But that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. That's the wording right there that we need to focus on. Students, adults, undivided attention to the Lord. Undivided. He is it. That's what Paul is saying right here. He is it. What do you think about all day long? What are you thinking about right now? What are you thinking about right now? You're like, I'm just nothing. Are you undivided? That's hard, but that's the goal. And now look what he said. Now, now, now check this out. Matthew 28, 19, the great commission. The great commission. C-O, space, 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 space. Mission. The mission. I want to read this to you. I am saying this for your own good. This is Jesus, by the way. Red letters in the Bible. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict, nope, that's not it. That's not the great command. I'm like, what? It changed. There she is. Therefore, go, like, man, this is Mormon Bible. All right. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. This is Jesus saying this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples. Here's the problem. You want to have an undivided life? You want, you want to have a family that's amazing whenever you get older in 47, 38, 20, however many years you got? But nothing in the singles? All of you need 40 years. You'll be better off if you wait that long. Here's what you're like, yeah, amen, amen. You want to have an undivided life? The answer is yes. When God gives us a command, instead of, when God gives us a command, we need to do it. 
listen to what I am saying. How in the world did I pass everything that everybody said I wasn't gonna, that I was gonna be? You're gonna be a loser. You're gonna be this. You're gonna be this. You're gonna be this. Here's the deal. Undivided life, focused on God, not 24 seven, but as much as I can be. Undivided life. When God says to do something, we need to do it. But what do we do at times as Christians? When God tells to do something, for example, go and make disciples, we don't do that. We decide to study it. We decide to have Bible studies about it. We decide to think about it instead of doing it. If I tell my daughter Emerson, hey, well, hold on, hold on, but before we get there, before we get there, it says, go and make disciples. And my wife and I try to do this so much. And my wife is seriously phenomenal. There's a lot of people, I've talked about her before, like, I can't believe that uh, she doesn't talk at all. She sits in the back row and hangs out and just sits there. Well, let me tell you what she's not about. She's not about the stage. She's not about her name. She's not about people knowing her. And she doesn't really care. She's about people seeing Jesus and bringing them to Christ. I have come home multiple times and there is a random human in my house. And you're like, you should like that, Michael. I don't, because I hang out with a bunch of random humans all the time. And I'm like, I just want to go home, sitting at my dinner table. I don't even know these people. Someone don't speak English. That's real. Like, babe, where's this bro? I don't know. They're walking around. I told them to come in for dinner. What am I going to eat? Nothing. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cool. We don't have any milk. It's your fault. This is real. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. This, this is honest. My wife's phenomenal. She had her brother come and live with us for the past uh, semester, last, last semester. It was awesome. I loved it. My kids loved it. He loved it, I think. He's here. She has picked people up on the side of the road and taken them to the police station. We had to follow her one time because we thought the guy was going to kill her. It was, I had to call Seth because he does not know how to drive, but he drives fast. And Seth went and he's on our staff and Seth went and found him and it was great. My wife is seriously doing what God is calling us to do. She is, we want people to come into our house and see a godly family. And yes, guess what? We fight. I spank my kids. They go to bed at eight. And we don't go to the movies. But we're very normal people. We want people to come in and see a godly family. That's what we do. That's what we like to do. We're trying. Go and make disciples. Are we perfect? No, but we love Jesus with everything we have. And we're trying to be undivided. So, so, so the, game, the game, Simon says, y'all know about it. You've, you've played the, the best version, as Michael says, where you, you, know, you get up and you, I dominate all of you and I feel like, a, we do, I'll be honest, I do that, it's just a power trip. I just like to know that I'm in charge of everything and I can make you all do this and lose. It just feels good. Michael says, arms down, great. Michael says, hands up, good. Michael says, hands up. See, that feels good, thank you. <laughs> hands down, all right, you all lost. But, all right. Jesus says is different than Simon says. When Jesus says something, we don't mock it and, and, and do it. He says, we say, you know what? Let me study that. If I tell my daughter, Emerson, to go clean her room, Emmy go, clean your room. She doesn't go into her room and come back, hey, dad, I memorized what you said to do. 
I memorized it. I memorized the verse that you told me to go clean my room, and I know it in Greek. And while I was in there, I called on my friends, and we had a Bible study about cleaning my room. And then we sang some songs about it. It was, Dad, thank you. That, if she would do that, do you know what my response would be to her? Come here, I'll be, I'll be like, get, get over here, because you've got to get on their level, all right? Get your self godly family. Get yourself in your room and clean it. I didn't tell you to study it. I didn't tell you to come up with the Greek form of it. I didn't tell you to, to have a Bible study. I didn't tell you to write a song about it. I didn't tell you to start a blog about it. I didn't tell you to, 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 to put an Instagram post about it and have everybody swipe up. I told you to clean your room. When Jesus tells us that we are to go and make disciples, he doesn't say Think about it for a little bit. When Jesus says that we need to stop doing things, he's not winking at us and saying, hey, but you know what? You're a special human. When Jesus is telling us to do things, he means do it. Because I think we are spending too much time in our Christian lives trying to over-spiritualize things. And you look really spiritual. But whenever you stand in front of the Savior and he says, Depart from me, I never knew you. And you say, but God, I went alive. I went to Beach Street. I was baptized 47 times. I did all these things. He would say this, I never knew you. Because your life was so divided. We can't be divided. When we read the word of God, we need to do what it says. When the spirit is living inside of your heart and you feel that he is saying to go and tell somebody about him, you need to do it and stop making excuses about it. Well, I'm too busy. Well, I have this. Well, I need to do this. No, 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 no. You know what's so funny? And I'm sure I'm way over time, Ryan. I have no idea where I started because there's, I don't care. You know what the truth is? Is everybody in the Bible, when Jesus said to do something, you know why they're so special when we're reading about him? Is because they actually did it. Because too many people here on earth, they don't think we have the same power that Peter has. They don't think we can do the same thing that Paul does. They don't think we can do things that all those other disciples did. You know what? They did it. They did it. They just did it. They're like, Jesus, hold on. I need to go to Alexa and ask her what that means. Hey, I need, to, I need to call on Siri and see what's going on. No, no, no. They just did it. Peter, come out here. Walk in the water. Okay, I'm coming. He just did it. Let's have an undivided life. And we are focused on him. And tonight you might be in the room and you don't know who Jesus is. You have never had a personal relationship with this person I've been talking about. You've never asked his spirit to come into your life and to change you. And today I want to give you that opportunity to have a life-changing experience with this Lord and Savior that is so real. And it is seriously as simple as saying, Lord, come into my life and change me. I want to know you. And so with no one looking around.